Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm your host, Sean Smith, joined by my co-host, Derek Terry. Derek, we literally just dropped an episode this morning discussing Antonio Reeves' top five that came out of nowhere yesterday after all the reports that he would be a Kentucky Wildcat. And then I think 19 to 20 hours later, he is officially a Kentucky Wildcat. So, uh, we know that there probably was some cold feet there because you don't come out with a top five and then 20 hours later commit to a school. Yeah, didn't age well on my part, did it? Uh, said as of yesterday, I didn't think with the way that things were trending that he would be at Kentucky. And then, uh, as you said, look up today and he's committed. So this is, uh, I think, one of potentially final two pieces that I think Kentucky should probably add in the backcourt. But he's a guy that, uh, Sean, when he committed, I went back and watched his uh, – like six minute highlight tape. And again, it's just a highlight tape. Like you mentioned yesterday, you, you don't see the turnovers or bad shot selection or shots that hit the backboard on the highlight tape. But uh, this is a guy that, I mean, if I, if you choose to view him in the realm of, and he might be a starter, I don't know. I think it probably depends on who else Kentucky adds, but let's just say, for example, if he is a bench piece, let's say he's a six man type. If he is playing the Davion mentor off of last year's team, then I really like this addition because I think he's a, a pretty big offensive upgrade over what Davion Mintz was. Needs to work on his defense. Uh, defensively, it seems like his metrics there is what really brought him down in terms of the advanced analytics with uh, his overall transfer ranking on um, – I forget our friend's site, uh, Evan. If you guys follow college basketball Twitter, you know Evan uh, – Miyakawa, maybe <laughs> I don't know. Says last name, but Evan, he's not. You know, Reeves is not very highly rated there. He's he's a lot lower compared to some others. But offensively, it's hard to deny those numbers he put up. Sean, he last year uh, shot thirty nine percent from three. That was on seventy six, one hundred ninety five attempts. Um, one number that I think is going to change this year, Sean. He took five hundred and five shots in thirty three games last year. That's fifteen a game. Yeah, that that's going to drop significantly, and I think that's where. Maybe you look at this and and Reeves as a player goes, okay, if I go to Kentucky, I'm certainly probably going to be a better player when I leave the program. Where am I as a professional basketball player beyond that? Things like that. And just the volume of usage when we look at him on this roster next year, is he a sixth man? Is he a seventh man? Is he a fifth starter? I, I really don't know. We'll never be able to really solidify that until we look at the overall roster and then when they get into the summer and they get into fall and, and things like that and they go through those first practices. But if he averaged 20 points a game last year, so his his numbers went from 7.2 as a freshman, 12.4 as a sophomore, and 20.1 as a junior. Even if he comes off the bench or even if he starts, I, that, that number is going to dip. I don't see him averaging 20 a game at Kentucky. But I think you have a guy that's probably going to settle somewhere between 9 and 12, 13 maybe, with the potential to still go for 20-plus every now and then. Like, Davion Mintz had his 25-point game last year against Vanderbilt. Like, Mintz was built on having to make threes to have those big nights. This is actually a true three-level scorer, really good with the ball in his hands, has played some off the ball. But the biggest thing now will be, how do you transition to not always having the ball in your hands? Case and Wallace, a combo guard, going to require the ball. Xavier Wheeler, a ball-dominant point guard. There's going to be – guys that need the ball in their hands. I think that'll be the biggest thing that Cal's got to figure out with this backcourt is like, how do you spread this thing around? And, and these players that are used to being ball dominant, how do they transition into this with this roster? 
I like the versatility Reeves brings. I mean, you're talking about a six six guy who can run a little bit of the one if you need him to. So that kind of gives you three guys now. I would say obviously Wheeler solely a, a one, but then Case and Wallace and then Antonio Reeves, two guys that I think if needed. And there will be times when they will be uh, where they can play the one a little bit. Reeves, I mean, I feel like he's got, <clears throat> excuse me, kind of one through three potential, I guess you would say. I mean, another thing about him too, Sean, I'll be interested whenever he gets to campus and gets interviewed or things like that. I'm interested if his height is fudged at all because on Ken Palm, he went from six foot four as a freshman, six foot five as a sophomore, and now six foot six as a junior. UK had him on campus, so there's obviously no questions there, whatever size he is or comfortable with uh, to take him. But if he's a true six foot six guy, I mean, that, that provides a lot of I think advantages, especially if he's playing the one, because more than likely he's going to have a smaller defender on him during those times. And I, I think you could see that in his highlight tape. You go to YouTube, a lot of, a lot of times when I think he kind of was running the man or, or running the one, I mean, or he just within the flow of the offense ended up as the primary ball handler at the top of the key, but he was able to really show good ball skills. And uh, I think a fairly quick shot too. And dude, some of those shots he was taking, man, they were just bottom of the net. He looks like a, I don't know how he's – like you mentioned fitting in with the other guys, things like that. I don't know how that's going to go. But in terms of just being able to put the ball in the bucket, I think he's going to be a guy who – I think that's going to translate. I think he will certainly be a, a pretty good scorer for this team. Yeah, and a, and a, an over 50% from two-point range the last two seasons. 51% as a sophomore and 51-9, so right at 52 as a junior – the other number that stands out, so somebody asked me about the three-point shooting. I mean, clearly you go from 31 to 30 to 39. Is that sustainable? Is that just an outlier? To me, it's not an outlier because when I look at his free throws, he was 65% as a freshman. That jumped to 76% as a sophomore and then 81% as a junior. Like, you're taking more free throws. You're taking more threes. You're taking more shots. That, to me, feels like a guy that has got comfortable with his progression and his game and it's just growing as a player. I think that's more of a natural trend and upward than it is more of a outlier. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. It's a good point. He gets to the free throw line a lot, too, uh, especially for his team. He overwhelmingly led Illinois State last year in free throw attempts. He took 137, and he made excuse me he made 112 of those so really you round that up to 82 percent um having never watched him play a full game or watched illinois state play just going off the the uh stat sheet from last year sean what is there any concerns from you that he might be well maybe not might be but more or less uh, to me he looks pretty one-dimensional in terms of what he was asked to do at illinois state because his rebounding numbers really aren't anything uh, terrific uh assist numbers he had 60 
And then defensively, he had 36 steals, which was good for he was second or third, actually. Two guys tied for first. So he was uh, he had 36 steals. Two of his teammates had 38. Any any concerns there uh, in terms of maybe an adjustment in that regard, having to have maybe a more well-rounded game than what he showed at Illinois State? Yeah, it, that that would be my concern, honestly, is because you know when you get to Kentucky and you play for John Calipari, you're going to get taken off the floor if you're not defending. If you're not able to defend your position, he's going to pull you off the floor, especially if there's other guys there uh, on the roster. We know C.J. Frederick, hopefully he's healthy this year and can provide that outside threat. We, we know that he's capable of doing those things with a real, well-rounded game, takes care of the basketball. So I think that would be the biggest area. And, and two, that's why I don't think that you're going to see Reeves get to Kentucky. And even if he starts, average 18 to 20 a game. Because there's so many more things that you have to focus on as a player at Kentucky than just putting the ball in the basket. But I, I just like his game, Derek. I think that the way – if he transitions to Kentucky, you mentioned that size. I do want to see if he is indeed six foot six because if he is – then this is a backcourt that starts to look more like a John Calipari backcourt, a six foot four, Case and Wallace at combo, a six three Frederick, a six six Reeves. If they go get Shireman, another bigger uh, wing player there, like and then Chris Livingston, if he plays the three, we know he has size. So this feels like a roster that kind of fits more of what John Calipari wants with these athletic pieces, but they're also athletic pieces that can shoot the ball across the board. Yeah, no question. Um... I do think as you look at this roster now, as I mean, still some NBA decisions just in terms of, uh, and that was uh, official this morning as well. I don't know if you wanted to get to that. Just the yeah. early NBA draft, um, the NBA sent out a thing. I guess it was last night or maybe early this morning. Um, but Shaden Sharp was accepted, as was expected, uh, by the NBA committee or whatever you want to call it. So I, I think that basically is the – if you're holding out any kind of hope, it was more or less that he maybe was going to be ineligible. Probably but. still going to get some grievances filed against it and everything. You know, yeah. there's going to be some stuff, but I think that that pretty much is official, right? Like if they ruled him eligible so. there, then I I would just probably best that we all kind of move on from the Shaden Sharp situation and and things because it just it I don't see him coming back at any point, Derek. I don't, I don't even think it's going to be entertained, honestly. Yeah, and I th- I think that's certainly how UK is operating as well. So. um Keon, though, I mean, the two to take note, Keon and, and Jacob Toppin, those are the two. That... I, I will say that I don't think that there's any correlation between that news breaking about Sharp and Reeves committing to Kentucky. I've seen people right. yeah. say, well, this is, well, that, that explains it. He was waiting to see about Sharp. No, it, it, honestly, like Reeves, to me, Reeves was going to come whether Sharp was there or not. Yeah. Well, I think, Sean, just in terms of, the way we were operating yesterday as well, I'm going to say they get one of the two back between Keon and Toppin, uh, maybe both, who knows. But I just see one spot left, really, that Kentucky's going to have to go and, and add somebody. And I think until Shireman makes a decision one way or the other in the NBA or another college, like he's, to me, uh, I'd be really surprised if someone else went into the portal who would be a better fit than him. I think if you get Shireman to this roster, then you're back to talking about, I mean, pretty easily – a potential top three preseason team. I think they're already number two on CBS, and that's that's with the knowledge that Sharp isn't going to be back. So, I mean, I think they're going to – I'm going to guess North Carolina's going to lock up preseason number one with all that they have back in the run that they just had. But I, I kind of think now at this at this point, Sean, they're, they're one more wing piece away from – from being what I think you would consider or consider a preseason title contender. Yep. Uh, I agree with you 100%, and that transfer portal deadline is approaching. 
I mean, you have – there's still good players going into the portal, but it, it just feels like Shireman's the guy that you're going all in on. And, and two, here's the approach now, right? And I know Adutiro is visiting Kentucky pretty soon, the, the kid out of Pennsylvania that they supposedly reportedly offered about a month ago, which, you know, I've heard some stuff that it was kind of more of a favor to the kid and, and everything and a family friend with Cal – where he coached his dad that was maybe trying to jumpstart his recruitment, Derek. But when you get a visit on campus at Kentucky, it kind of seems like there's a little more to it. And maybe he's one of those guys that is a 10th man for a few years and then maybe a Dominique Hawkins type Derek Willis guy that by a junior senior maybe finds a role. If you want to go that option and use a scholarship, I'm all for it. But it feels like that now that you have Reeves, like we said, we expect wear back. We expect Toppin to announce that he's coming back. Keon, we don't know about. But you're to the point now that your roster is probably 95%. And now you go and you look at, at Sherman and you say, all right, you're the last five. You're the last piece of the puzzle of what we're wanting to do here. I'm going all in on you. It's you take it, it's, it's you, take it or leave it. You're, the, you're what we're going for. And kind of just make it play like you're not even going after anyone else to him. Just say, hey, you're it. And let's, let's see what happened. Put the ball in his court and still got to get the official withdrawal from the NBA draft for him. Could still mm -hmm. take some time. So that's one that I could see playing out maybe quickly, or I could also see it playing out sometime mid-May and, and approaching into June. Because is, is he a combine guy? I don't know. He hit the portal for a reason. And that means that he's exploring his options of leaving South Dakota State. So last thing I'll ask you before we wrap this one up with – Let's just go to hypotheticals. So they get Toppin back. He's the only front court piece they get back. Baylor Shireman commits to Kentucky. That's it for the roster. How are you feeling about next season? Preseason number one. I really think that – how many rosters in college basketball? I know the way it ended. And there were factors that played into how it ended. But how many rosters in college basketball will return or have returned the reigning national player of the year at the five – and a Koozie Award finalist at the point guard? Not many. Not many. And, and I think that's what solidifies it. Two McDonald's All-Americans, a, a proven shooter in C.J. Frederick if he's healthy, an upside – two really two really high upside guys in Toppin and Damian Collins that could maybe have NBA potential in their game. I, I like it. I like the roster overall. You add a Reeves, a 20-point scorer, you get Shireman, like, this is a this would be a really good roster if that is how it plays out. I totally agree. Like I said, I mean, I think it's preseason top five uh, for sure, easily. I mean, probably a little bit higher than that, but it's going to be a, a different look for sure. I mean, a lot of the same guys in some ways, but also uh, just how veteran this team's going to be. Is and again, we, we knew that last year with the portal. You know, they kind of got old pretty quick, but. You're going to have a couple seniors or uh, upperclassmen, I mean, Oscar Toppin, both seniors. And then you have Lance Ware in his third year, um, Savio Wheeler, another senior, and then Reeves. I think technically this is his fourth year, right? So a lot of old guys on this team. And uh should be fun to watch. It's been good to get some basketball news here lately. Yeah, and how about this? Uh, John Rothstein reports Brad Calipari, the son of Kentucky's John Calipari, is expected to join Derek Kellogg's staff at LIU Brooklyn as special assistant to the head coach. Really cool spot for Brad to start his college career. Yeah, up there in New York. Uh, of course, Kellogg played for Cal at UMass, I think, from 91 to 95. So, 
Uh, and also coached at UMass too. So that's a guy who I actually, I, I remember the name Derek Kellogg. I, I'd forgotten until a few days ago that he was at LIU. So Brad's a pretty young guy. He's probably what, 25, getting his first job. I mean, it helps when your dad's a Hall of Fame coach to have doors open. I think we all understand that. But I think here, you know, Brad's going to be on his own for a little while and how his coaching career goes will be kind of how he shapes it, how, how good of a job he does. I mean, you can probably get your foot in the door based on uh, who your dad is, things like that. But in terms of, you know, actually getting and, and progressing through the ranks, he's going to need to, gonna need to show something. But, yeah, wishing Brad the best of luck. Yeah, absolutely. And is there any football news right here that I'm seeing? What is this? Jordan Robinson. That you is he that, is uh I, I don't know much about him. I just saw that popped up on my Twitter feed that UK got a he looks like a defensive back, but I don't know if he's a scholarship guy or what. So we'll have to dig into him. Yeah. In the new episode. Yeah, we'll we'll do that. So a lot is happening right now, Derek. And uh this podcast has now published three in the last like 16 hours. So like it's that time of year where news is uh happening. We'll be right here on Kentucky Daily to take you all through it. As always, this show is powered by Blue Wire Pods. He's Derek Terry. I'm Sean Smith. We'll catch you next time on Kentucky Daily. 